And yes. you know, we, we get caught into this trap that the solution to things is to think positively. I, I think that's absolute garbage. And I actually think if you study emotional intelligence, it tells us that that has been debunked. I think embrace, don't be a positive thinker, be a thinker. Hello everyone, welcome to the Brain Cage podcast. This is Shantanu and we are here because we sense the urgency of healing, growth and change. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you tools and inspiration so we together can create a flourishing world both inwardly and outwardly for ourselves and generations to come. We are back with your weekly dose of mental health and today we have with us an educator and a men's mental health activist Norman Still. He believes that there is a pandemic of depression and anxiety going on among men and is here to share his wisdom with all of us. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hello sir, welcome to the podcast. Hi Ashan, good to see you. Let's start this one on a bit lighter note. You were uh, Earlier you were telling me about your fascination with India, right? Yes. So, what specifically fascinates you about Indian tradition, Indian culture? Well, uh, to be honest, I mean, I've, I've, I've got a, I grew up playing a lot of cricket, um, and I have a, through that I made a lot of Indian friends. Um, oh. I had many Indian friends growing up, and I still do. Um, and being from England, of course, my favorite food is Indian food. Um, okay. And I think, you know, a little bit of the, the, the history of India has been fascinating to me um, as part of my life as an educator. Back when I was a history teacher, we used to teach okay. the, Ran, uh, the Ramayana and things like this and some of yeah. the origins of Hinduism. So, yeah, there's a country that's always had some fascination to me. Unfortunately... I haven't had an opportunity to visit there yet, but I'm sure that day will come. Yeah, I was I was gonna ask you when you are planning to come India. Well, it's difficult to travel anywhere with this COVID situation. Oh, well, yes, but once you know, once COVID's lifted, the world will become a little more easy to navigate. So there's a few countries I would like to to see. India being one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of COVID. Talk to me about your concept of the mask. Well, the mask. I mean, I this is why I, I recorded the 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 little video, the, the little poetry recital I did around the mask because yeah, I highly recommend my people check that out. It's uh, your channel's name is Norman Still, and what's the name of the video? Um, it's called the roof rooftop ramblings. I think yeah. I called it. The so poem who, is actually called. So people who want to listen to it can go to yeah. can search on YouTube. Yeah. Normal still rooftop yeah. ramblings, right? I, I can share the link to you as well. Actually, yeah, yeah, I'll so, put it on um, the description of this video. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think it's it's been. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't like where if. It's the physical mask we have, which is what everybody's wearing at the moment. Um, I don't like it. I find it very difficult to really understand what someone's expression is, you know, whether they're laughing or whether they're sad or what's really going on behind the mask. But I think beyond that is the, 
um, the more philosophical, psychological idea that, you know, we hide behind masks anyway, even if they're not physical masks, that they are perhaps emotional masks or behaviors or attitudes and dispositions that we display because we don't want people to see who we really are. Um, and I think that's where I was trying to draw that parallel, you know, with the, the, the physical COVID mask that everyone unfortunately has to wear. And also this deeper idea that, you know, human beings tend to, they're afraid of being, I think, we're often afraid of being authentic because we fear that if people know who we really are or what we are really thinking, that we will be judged and we will be rejected and we will be laughed at and scorned and uh, scorned at. So, yeah, that's why I found that particular, the poem is actually called Please Hear What I'm Not Saying. Okay. And um, I think that's, you know, that, that, that was my inspiration for it was, because uh, I, I frankly am one of these people, I know we have to wear masks for COVID, but I don't like it. I find them uncomfortable and I, it, it's a very uh, an unreal situation for me. So, yeah. It's kind of, we are scared of right. being so vulnerable. Just right. Yes, we we absolutely are, Shan. And um, I mean, I, over my life, I've I, I've developed a deep, <clears throat> through personal experience, a deep interest in mental health. Yeah. Particularly men's mental health, because I think it's. Um, I'm not saying you know it, it, there is more importance of men's mental health over women's mental health, whatever. It's just simply that I think men's mental health is not something we speak about enough and i think it is something that um i think a lot of men are in essentially almost in a in an emotional prison um because they don't feel that they can show their vulnerability because we live well, you know, I think many of us have grown up in societies and cultures where, you know, it's thought that, you know, men don't cry, you know, big boys don't cry, you know, you, yeah. in England, don't be we a have sayings like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we heard, in England, we we hear that them. all the time in movies, yeah. in our songs. Yeah, yeah. And in the UK, we have phrases like putting on a brave face and a stiff upper lip. And, yeah, you know, I, I certainly am someone who I don't believe that's, um, I don't think it's a healthy approach. Uh, now, that's not to say that, you know, we have to conduct ourselves with sort of, sort of an element of self-control um, to make the world go round. We can't just be walking the streets in floods of tears every day screaming our emotions at everyone yeah. but i think we should try and break down those barriers as men and talk more openly with each other about what's really really going on um you know we, we live in a world with very very high male suicide rates um yeah. there's got to be a reason for that you know and um that's why the, the older i've got and and through my own experiences with depression 
um, with anxiety and, uh, and, and so on. Um, I certainly have taken great strength and, and, and uh, fortitude and value in being able to open up to people and just being yeah. my vulnerable self and to say, well, that's, so that's who I am. That's, it, it doesn't make me right, but to be, to be brave enough um, yes. and authentic enough to actually say, this is my human condition. This is who I am. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. Why hide? Here's the question. Why, why do, why as men do we hide? Why are we afraid to, to show, if you like, our emotional side, to show our real heart and our soul? Why do we, you know, believe we've got to be macho and we've got to behave in a sort of, a, you know, with that herd mentality to be a bloke means you've got to be like that. Well, no, it doesn't yeah. because ultimately we're just still vulnerable, deeply flawed, emotional human beings yeah so let's go a little bit deeper these phrases like men don't cry you need to man up or don't be a pussy so yeah. from where do you think uh, these kind of phrases stems from like what's the root i think this is cause yeah i mean i, I think it's a good question shan i i would i would suggest that most of it's embedded in um, culture, in, in, in his historical cultures, probably. You know, if we go right back through the, the development of mankind, if you like, uh, and the origins of mankind and how gathered times, you know, when they, you know, the men were out and, you know, sort of going to kill an animal to feed the family and, and that the male the, the identity of the male was a very very um uh it was very well defined it was very it was almost predetermined that to be a man you had certain duties and certain roles now that's not to say that in this day and age that there is a different yeah i think there are still differences between the roles of males and females in society but absolutely the world is a far more complex place the world is a far more complicated place to live you know a man these days isn't just you know tasked with the responsibility of lighting a fire and going out and killing an animal for dinner yes you know we are now involved with our families we're involved in complicated lifestyles with mortgages and with um, you know, having to, you know, raise enough money, not just alone with our wives. I mean, marriages are very complicated. It's an expensive world to live in. The emotional pressures, the media, the advertising, what the, what the marketing people tell us we should be like, the, the social media, the internet. We're now exposed to far, far more uh, dimensions and complex identities and ideas than we were 10,000 years ago as hunter-gatherers. And this has, of course, put far, far more pressure on men and women. Yes. But I still think among men, there exists this very sort of historic identity is that, you know, man up, or as you say, don't be a pussy, grow up, be strong. Well, unfortunately, it's a very different world we're living in. Um, and mental health is real. 
and mental health problems are real. There's, I mean, every the science tells us this, the academic research tells us this, doctors tell us this, you know, psychiatrists, psychologists, and so on. Yeah. But we still don't get it. We're still too afraid to be our authentic, vulnerable selves. So what what I understand is you are saying the world has changed, but yes. we are living with the same paradigm which we were living uh, when we were like hunter gatherers. I think that's where some. I mean, look, I think there are multiple reasons for this, but I think that you know through just the you know through biology i think men were probably pre-programmed to have this you know more combative um independent sort of uh you know i am a man you know i'm i'm the breadwinner for the family i you know and i think some of those things probably still linger through our dna and you know our, our genetics yeah. if you like um but the problem is, it's a very different world, and I think, but, but it's not. That's not the only driver. I think there are drivers from what you know the, the media tell us we should be, what the marketing people tell us we should be, and you know, every, societies are very different. Um, you know, you could be part of a society where maybe yeah. it's a little easier to be expressed and vulnerable as a man, but you could equally be in a society where men just don't cry and to cry is weak and to show your mental weakness or to show the weakness of your soul your emotions is just the wrong thing to do and it just brings about scorn and rejection and i think that's why there's an awful lot of men who deep down when you peel away all those layers and take away the masks yeah they're very very lonely isolated individuals yeah. what i think we should express and feel whatever life offers because when you choose to feel uh, only good emotions and you try to suppress the bad ones what you are doing is actually you are not living your life to the fullest we always like listen this phrase that live your life to the fullest but yes yeah but it also it like we we talk it about in a pol positive note positive tone yes yeah. Yes. But what I, for uh, me, I, what it means is to live your life to the fullest is to experience whatever life has to offer and not suppress it. Because by, by, suppress, I, by I, suppressing it, yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I agree, Shan. I, and I, it, it's one of the things that I don't like. If you go into, you know, a, a, a reasonable bookshop somewhere in one of the big cities, going to Waterstones in London or, or somewhere, go to the self-help section and see things like the power of positive thinking and yes. you know we we get caught into this trap that the solution to things is to think positively I, I think that's absolute garbage and i actually think if you study emotional intelligence it tells us that that has been debunked i think embrace don't be a positive thinker be a thinker exactly whether your thinking is negative or positive that's your reality and kind of embrace it and accept it and try and deal with it and address it but the idea i mean for me in the times when i've gone through 
you know, what I would call fairly deep episodes of depression in my life and, and, and anxiety. The worst thing someone can tell me is cheer up, yes. smile, just Candy think lip. positively and it'll be okay. That to me is just, it's the last thing I want to hear and I can't deal with it. I, I, I really, I don't have a switch between positive and negative. Yeah. I just have a, I'm awake or I'm asleep. Um, and it's, I don't, I think it's just a, 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 a preposterous idea that positive thinking. It's just thinking, somehow, right? Yeah. I just think there was just thinking. Yeah. There is no positive. There is no negative thinking. It's just your, uh, when you like in, it's your emotional involvement with your thoughts which make it whatever you want to call it positive or yes. negative it's yes. thinking is just thinking there's nothing positive there's you know, no, nothing it, negative about it yeah yeah and and who's the judge of whether something's positive or negative anyway i mean exactly if i go out this morning or tomorrow morning and say i feel really really miserable and everyone says to me well why don't you be more positive well maybe miserable is being positive for me i don't you know who, who's maybe i'm all right being miserable i mean it, i think it's a very complex area and that's why yeah. i particularly enjoy looking at more emotional intelligence now because emotional intelligence is certainly looking at some of these areas around you know that where i think of the debunked theories of the 1980s 1990s self-help which was it was all positive thinking negative thinking and I just, you know, I have no time for that stuff anymore. Yeah. What I think is we should not run away from negative thoughts rather than we should try to understand what negative thoughts are and yeah. try to like let the negativity when whatever the feeling is, whether it's happiness and whether it's uh, so-called negative feelings, let them pass through you. Don't get yeah. stuck into the negative. No, don't get stuck into the positive. Because they yeah. are just like emotions and it's just like clouds passing uh, in the sky. They'll come yeah, and go. Yeah. You have to just like be You're present absolutely. and experience them fully. You're absolutely right. It's very interesting. I have a very good doctor out here in Cambodia who I sort of go to for therapy quite frequently. And although he's a Western trained doctor, like, you know, he's very much qualified in Western medicine. Yeah. He is equally, because he's from this region of the world, he also has that more Eastern holistic mindset to, to medicine. And he talks to me a, a lot of very similar ideas to what you're talking about there is that just these thoughts, they're, they're, they're transient, just let them go, you know, but we kind of just go with them, accept them when they're there and when they're gone, they're gone, but try not to get too fixated on them. Um, and I think we've got in the, in the Western world, certainly where I come from, to use that phrase, the Western world, well, you know, like the UK, Europe and so on. Yeah, I understand. I think we, we don't pay enough attention to mental health and I think we've commercialized it through just this positive thinking, negative thinking, go on a seminar with some motivational speaker who's going to change your mind in a yeah. day. Well, this is garbage, right? Absolutely. Because anxiety, depression, sadness, misery, melancholy, these are real things. They're not something that some 
bloke can deliver a two-hour seminar on cure so it's something that i think we as men globally we need to start exploring our mental health more um i wish i had i wish i had done this years ago um but it's probably only in the last two or three years that i've really started to take it very very seriously and research it more and talk about it more as well so yeah i think the phrase men should not cry or men don't cry is like bullshit and men should cry more often and they should express yeah. their feelings to yeah. uh, people to their friends and to their loved ones more often and there is nothing wrong in crying and there is no weakness and the only weakness there is that you running away from your feelings you running away from the actuality of the situation that's the only yeah, weakness I, i think there is absolutely and i, I think also even in relationships and and marriages and partnerships i think it's you know when when i think if we learn to communicate more openly more authentically to speak more truly of what's really going on inside of us um i think we would see a great strengthening of relationships around the world because it's a very common thing to see you know people just close up and they don't talk anymore they don't communicate and i would posit that it's a complete breakdown of communication that that kills half the relationships you know that exist on this planet we've exactly. got to start as a species as a species we've got to start talking to each other um you know think of all the people right think of all the people even today in this world who have taken their own lives there will be thousands tens of thousands of people today will have committed suicide for sure yes. across the world did they have a need or a chance or an opportunity for one last conversation that would have made them change their mind you know yes um how many of us know someone who has taken their own life and we so i just wish i'd had a chance to have a, a, a chat i wish i knew what was going on in that person's mind i didn't know well maybe this is the time maybe now is a is a wake up to the world that we let's start talking to each other in an authentic yes. way um not this parade of masks which is the poem i read about you know it's that phrase please hear what i'm not saying because most of us just talk utter crap to each other you know we go to work yes. we pass each other in the corridor good morning how are you yeah i'm good thanks you when deep down you want to say i feel like absolute crap and i'm miserable and i'm feeling depressed and i want to sit down and have a coffee and talk to someone but we don't do it we yeah. just pretend we say oh no i'm good i'm fine <laughs> yes as you were talking earlier there is like uh, this western concept of just going to those m- motivational seminars and all that and there is like huge emphasis on mindset and there is huge emphasis on speaking become a good speaker have a like excellent mindset but i think uh, rather than being a good speaker obviously you should be a fairly good speaker but rather than being a good speaker it's better and it's more important to be a good listener 
because most of yes. the pro- most of the problems i think occur from not listening to people rather than speaking your own thoughts because when we are talking to someone we are just like just interested in uh, saying what we have to say and when the other person is talking we are thinking like what you have what we have to say next so what are your you thoughts on that absolutely right you're right sham listening is something that we don't do and we've got this thing you know hearing without listening or listening without hearing you know i've 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 in my lifetime i've been to two or three of these motivational type seminars i won't name names but pretty famous people and they come you know we've had opportunities to meet them sort of afterwards backstage or whatever yeah you know they say never meet your heroes and it's true because ultimately i found all of them to be highly disappointing they were just brilliant motivational speakers but you go and try and stop them for 30 seconds at the end of the conference um they haven't got the time for you they they're actually just making their money from pseudoscience i would yes. be far more interested if i if i really want to know what i need to do to to sort my mind out my depression my anxiety i would rather sit down with a neuroscientist exactly. or a psychiatrist actually you know work out what is the what's the chemical issues going on in my brain what is the what, why are my neural pathways misfiring what yeah. that you know someone who scientifically knows what's going on in the mind i think there's just too many of these i don't know you know they i almost think like a snake oil salesman you know um and there's so many books you know the power of positive thinking you can if you think you can feel the fear and do it anyway i mean I, I, millions of people read these books but never become successful it doesn't change them it might change them for 5 minutes and then of course everything goes back to normal yeah. because i think deep down what most of us lack and desire for beyond all this are some of the most very fundamental needs of the human condition which is a sense of community yes um to be loved and to love to feel a sense of worth to have a purpose Yeah. to feel a sense of you know that we have a value in society and to have people around who will listen to us and also to listen to others and i don't think those communities need to be big you see here's another thing shan you know excuse me we're talking about people not listening i'm talking a lot right now but i'll, I'll shut up in a minute no but you know, we live in this <laughs> we live in this global world now you know 8 yeah. 8 billion people probably what 50% of them access to the internet now people are getting all their social interaction through you know facebook and instagram and and whatever else is going on out there um but it it's this huge community of billions of people but biologically we're designed to live in smaller communities this is the reality i mean you know you can I think Jonathan Haidt writes about this in some books and some of the evolutionary biologists write about this as well that you know we're designed really to live in communities of not more than about 150 people yes and of course we're trying to live in communities of billions with this global sort of village concept with the internet and facebook and so on and then we wonder why we get lonely because we've got 8 million contacts but we haven't got a single friend yeah 
and how many how many fights and how many political debates or even fights in relationships do we see and do we see people say oh i hate them i hate him because he's he listens too much <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, never, yeah. <laughs> never happens yeah <laughs> it never happens exactly so uh, but now i agree with you listening is really very 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 important yes <clears throat> so uh, what are your personal experience with mental health and what mental health tools you have discovered in this journey which have helped you the most so um, I've, I've, uh, I'm, I'm diagnosed with a something now which is called a generalized or general anxiety disorder okay. um, which is I just my brain is I, I'm just very anxious very anxious a lot of the time about a lot of things and I also live with depression um, I'll be authentic. I take medication for depression. I take sertraline hydrochloride, which is a very mild SSRI, which is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, which just kind of tries to level out the serotonin levels in my head. But for a number of years, I, I go through very dark, morbid, gloomy uh times i won't go too much into that because it will take too much time um yeah. but it's had a big impact on my life my relationships my family um it's led me down wrong paths into you know becoming dependent on you know drinking too much alcohol or smoking cigarettes or whatever you know very stupid solutions to a problem that is much deeper than being solved just that way um, and all these fixes, anything addiction-wise, is just temporary, you know. So you ha you feel manically depressed and gloomy, so you get drunk. But of course, the next day you feel ten times as gloomy because a hangover makes it a lot worse. It's just it's just a cycle that it it, it just goes on and it, it becomes a vortex. You know, you you go down and down and down. So I'm um, I'm at a phase of my life at the moment where I'm trying to look at some different techniques to deal with my own mental health. Um, a number of those, I, I, I see a doctor here for therapy for about half an hour every week, which is really just a chat, um, but yeah. very useful. Looking at some breathing techniques, looking at doing a bit more sport, looking at focusing a bit more on my family, looking a bit more at going for walks and enjoying nature and actually embracing some of the more simple things in life. Um, yeah. And slowing down, um, realizing that Rome wasn't built in a day. If I've got a major deadline at work or something that's high pressure, if I don't meet it, such is life. It's not the end of the world. It's not life or death. I'm not a brain surgeon. You know, I'm not out there sort of saving someone's life. A lot of this stuff we panic about can wait. So going a little bit more slowly um trying a little bit of meditation I, I'm, I'm all just trying a lot of different things at the moment but the most yeah. important thing is doing things like this Shan, and, and trying to get involved in some of these mental health communities which is where we first connected yes um and then uh starting my youtube channel when i where i want to do some kind of poetry recitals and things like that just little things that might cheer someone up if i can if i can make one person in the world, the world feel better on any given day then maybe maybe that's a good result you know yeah we often focus on uh, big big things like uh, i'll be happy when i'll get a ferrari or i'll be happy when i'll get 
rich but as you pointed out uh, the real happiness which we actually get from it's from little little things like making someone laugh or gifting yes. someone something speaking of yeah, gifts yeah yeah please yeah yeah speaking of gifts uh, what are some books which you have gifted a lot books that i've read and love yeah read and loved and recommend which you will uh, recommend recommended oh, I've, I've, i've got a very i've got a very diverse kind of taste in in, in literature um i okay. will tell you right now i will never ever give somebody a harry potter book i actually hate harry potter so don't worry about that <laughs> same here um one of my favorite authors is a guy herman hesse from germany he wrote books like siddhartha um yes. he wrote wanderings he wrote canolp and things like this i find cuz a lot of what he wrote about was quite self reflected in a way and it was prevent presented through stories and so on so i would be a big advocate of um of of herman hesse um i i like to read sort of fairly uh general poetry um the kind of um the commercialization of books like you know a lot of the the, the alchemists and things have gone for me i they were a fad i don't really like those sort of things anymore but you know i can take books that have touched me personally and i've you know found them to be truly beautiful um the kite runner um Jonathan Livingston Seagull um you know where where does what I mean I I've just read many many um books in my life the prophet um Cahill Gibran um I really enjoy that too um I've got a sort of a number of go to but I will read sometimes elements of the Christian Bible I think there's great wisdom in there um you know not as a religious person but i think there's great sort of you know, um story yeah and, mo- and morals and allegories and and, and, and yeah. metaphor and and tales of the worth leaving and also like um uh who wrote it the four agreements by don miguel ruiz i think was a brilliant uh kind of book you know, a brazilian author he wrote about you know four agreements we make with the universe you know what and things like you know don't take things personally because nothing that anyone does or says to you is because of you it's just a reflection of their own self you know always do your best because on any given day your best would be different you know because you're not always at the same capacity every day yes but i like the four agreements is a book i would recommend um i kind of i quite like the power of now um uh Katoli um I I I think there's something in that book um it's not all brilliant but I think there is some great value in acting in the moment yeah um but yeah I mean it's a good question I I really have read a vast number of books I mean some of it will be more you know novel drama stuff that I just enjoy for entertainment but there's also a lot of books uh, another book I would recommend that I liked was um the 
what it's called now. Um, the it'll come to me in a minute. I'll remind you. It's it's a beautiful okay. book. I haven't read it for a long time, but uh, oh, what was it called? The the spirit, the the cloud of unknowing. Okay. Um, the cloud, cloud of, unknowing. of unknowing. Just remember that. Have a look at it. It's a very very interesting yeah. book. They are they are um, all. I think they are all great recommendation, and I have personally read Herman Hesse's Siddhartha and. Eckhart Tolle's okay, yeah. Power of Now, and I will definitely yeah. check out whatever you have mentioned. And I highly yeah. recommend I to people you. check out who are interested in like improving their mental well-being. So yeah, I, I, but I also read. I, I think you know, as as we, I, I read a lot now. Um, I, I quite like Jordan Peterson, The Twelve Rules of Life. I will find myself okay. watching quite a lot of. I enjoy watching a lot of debates on YouTube. I enjoy, you know, reading um, academics. Like Jordan, Jordan Peterson like, is a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Uh, a psychologist, yeah, um, from Canada. Um, <coughs> has very, you know, not everybody loves him, but that's okay. People are entitled to their opinion. But I okay. think he's an extraordinary human being who talks a lot about men and being vulnerable and you know, being authentic and real and so on. There's something very beautiful in in um, what Jordan Peterson talks about. People like Jonathan mm -hmm. Heights, also another Canadian academic. Um, so, you know, I, I find myself these days, especially working in education, a lot of what I read will actually tend to be academic papers and research papers that may be related to themes within education that I find fascinating. Uh, because I think, you know, we've education surely is a field that we can use as a platform to create a world that is more beautiful and 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 creates more flourishing human beings to use the phrase that you were talking about earlier yeah so before you go uh, what will be your message to the world so my message to the world is um I'm 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 a 51 year old man, Shan, living over here in Cambodia with a, a wife and a three and a half year old daughter, and life isn't easy. And we've got to fight, you know. We've got to work hard to get our income, and life can be a struggle. Life can be really really tough. But my message to the world is, you know, it, it doesn't matter how tough it is. Don't give up, but that's a bit of a flaky phrase. Don't give up. I don't, you know. Sometimes we do want to give up, right? Yes. Find find people to talk to, and I'd also say be kind, even to strangers, not just to your friends. You know, just look out for people. If you see someone's mood has changed a bit, someone's just not smiling the way they used to, or just keep an eye on the people around you and probe away at them with questions and make sure they're okay really compassion kindness yes. unconditional love and and forgive people just because somebody does you wrong or somebody offends or you know offends you someone says something you didn't like don't hold that in your heart against them forever because 
the very nature of the human condition is that we screw up again and again and again. Every yes. one of us. No one is any different. So what gives us this arrogance to suggest we can't forgive people? No, we forgive people. So I think more than anything, I would say be kind and be mindful and be watchful of what's going on around you because you never know just a short conversation even with a stranger might save someone's life exactly and a message from men start yeah. talking to each other and if you're depressed talk about it and if you're anxious talk about it because there's nothing wrong with it depression is a medical condition just like having you know you're not afraid to tell people you've got the flu you're not afraid yeah. to tell people you've got covid you're not afraid to tell people you've got a broken leg or diabetes why are you afraid to say you've got depression let's get over the stigma of this yeah. and start and what, talking what will you other. say to the uh, women who are listening to this how can they help men in this journey because i would say to women listening to this Look, you know, we focus this on more men's mental health because it's partly, I feel it's an area of life that's just really not addressed enough. But I don't think there's anything I've said here that doesn't apply to women either. Um, and I would say that, you know, we live in a world where at the moment, you know, men are often vilified, you know, for, you know, not treating women properly in some parts of the world and you know people are saying it's a very macho world it's a patriarchal society and so on but i would say to women you'd be surprised that beneath these masks that men's are wearing that men tend to wear you'll find a lot of very gentle tender caring loving souls who just want someone to listen to them so yeah. i think my message to men and women would talk to each other but talk authentically talk about stuff that matters talk about matters of the heart and we might be surprised that we can really repair some of these broken bridges that we see in the world today yeah, that's so powerful and thanks for coming i really enjoyed talking to you um, that's been great to talk to you sham yeah and pay me a visit sometime again I know let's keep communicating let's keep the dialogue let's you know you've got a movement you're starting a movement here keep yeah. this movement going yeah, yeah been an absolute pleasure Sharon. I've really enjoyed this conversation same as him. I had it's, a really uh, good time I found it quite empowering and encouraging that someone young like yourself is actually reaching out and doing something about this very serious issue in the world which is mental yeah. health and the, and the well-being of the human mind it's a noble cause keep at it thank you thank you so much thanks for your okay. blessings